Now I invite us to pray together. God of mercy and mystery, we admit that the problem with hearing sacred texts is that they are heard by human ears. Consciously or unconsciously, we interpret them to meet our own needs. Help us to admit this, Holy Spirit. And yet, still may we listen for the voice that thunders over the waters and makes all who hear it cry, Glory. For we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. This is the first Sunday after Epiphany. So now we are in this season after Epiphany. It's a season that for me has a wonderful theme. It's from the prophet, that little verse that sometimes is often read in Advent. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That's the theme for the season of Epiphany. We're able to see now a great light walking in this world, the incarnation of God. So let us listen for a word from God. First, from Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due God's name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry, glory. Above the floodwaters is God's throne, from which his power flows, from which God rules the world. God makes God's people strong. God gives his people peace. What a prayer. The lesson from the New Testament this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, right at the beginning. And so John, we know as John the Baptist, John came baptizing in the desert region, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out there to see him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee 
and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, I, I'll admit I had some times this week where I really didn't feel like preaching. The week started out actually pretty good. I was up in coastal Georgia out in the, the beautiful coastal marshes, marshes and, and in the forest there and watching these beautiful birds, wood storks and other birds, and it was just this unbelievable beauty and just I was in another world of of creative wonder and on that very same evening uh, we had another grandchild a granddaughter little Lola was born on that Monday what a great beginning to a week and then it just seemed to go downhill I found out a good friend of mine, an elderly guy, is in the hospital with COVID. And I've been worried about him all week because I really feel he's at risk for this disease. And then, you know, watching on our TV screens as you have scenes of other people struggling with this sickness and struggling to breathe, struggling with the emotional trauma and the isolation. It's just so sad, so painful, seemingly going on and on. On Wednesday, I thought, well, maybe I'll turn on TV on this, the day of Epiphany, and maybe I'll see something revealed. You know, I was counting down the days of our beloved Alex Trevec. That was another part of the heaviness of this week for some. But then, on Wednesday, of course, I saw, as you did, things we never thought we would see. Except perhaps in some Hollywood apocalyptic movie. And the epiphany that I saw Wednesday just sort of took the enthusiasm out of me. I would planned to talk about God's blessing of Jesus. Jesus receiving God's personal stamp of approval, being named beloved. And that this stamp of approval, this naming, might mean something important, not just for Jesus, but for us. I really believe that knowing oneself as beloved child of God is at the very heart 
of the good news. It's knowing each other as those who bear the stamp of God's of approval too. And that makes all the difference in the world. I really believe that. It has for me, and I bet it has for you as well. And if there's one thing I wish for those of you in our youth group is that you understand how blessed and beloved you are as a child of God and how beloved are all other people. The scripture goes on to say that Jesus announced, repent and believe the good news. He said it just after John had been arrested. So John's in prison in a, in a harsh prison and Jesus must know he's probably in for uh, deep trouble, no legal rights, probably being mistreated, eventually is executed, and yet Jesus says, believe the good news. In that time, in that besieged society, how could he say that? It just seemed like the wrong timing. As the church finds its way through these times, I think Mark wants us to recognize the rule of God, the voice, the mighty thunder of God in the life and love and longing of this Jesus of Nazareth. And so, maybe the word repent is important for us before we hear believe the good news. Repent is sort of a ruined word. It's been crippled in our society by the church, I think. It sounds so severe, so anachronistic. Repent! So negative. Of course, we know it comes from the Greek word metanoia, meaning to, to change, to have a change of mind or heart, to turn around, to change directions. When John the Baptist was asked what he meant by repent, he said, well, if you have more than enough, share with somebody who doesn't have enough. Or if you're going through your daily life in the institutions of your society, do that work with justice and fairness. And if for those of you who have power, don't use your power for selfish gain. But when Jesus here uses the word repent and believe the good news, I think he's really giving us an invitation. He's opening a window. He's saying, hey, look, there's something new. You have a second chance. You can revise how you look at the world. And look at it, it's good. Mark wants us to receive the sum of Jesus' ministry, his mighty deeds, his dignifying care, his wise instruction, his laughter, his anger, his tears of joy and lament, even his suffering and death. He wants us to receive all of these as an accurate 
picture of God personally reigning in our midst. And so I would say again to you, young people, if you want to know what God is like, if you want to know how to live in these tumultuous times, if you want to know how to cope with the burdens you are carrying, how to deal with wrongs and enemies and opposition, how to manage your life and your responsibilities, where to find purpose or significance, how to be at peace. Look at Jesus. Look at the human Jesus, not the divine Jesus that is so far up above us, omniscient, omnipresent, out there, almost impossible to relate to. I'm talking about the human Jesus who lived his life as beloved child of God. Bring your longing, your questions, your curiosity to this story about Jesus during these Sundays and these weeks and days after Epiphany. For Mark, the glorious news is that in Jesus' mysterious person, God's long-awaited dream is coming true on earth as it is in heaven, and it's continuing even now. To see Jesus battle the demons and a guy in a graveyard shows us that the will of God is that the demonic not destroy human life. To see Jesus conquer the forces of nature to quell a fisherman's fear is to show us that God does not will that anyone fears for their own survival. To see Jesus tenderly touch a withered hand or welcome a foreign person is to show us that God is breaking down all the walls in human society and building a new community. To see Jesus alarmed over pride or lust is to know of God's alarm for the way that these attitudes and values can tear life apart. Mark has experienced God's reign in the person of Jesus, and he's writing to transfer that experience to us. I hope you saw the video that Brian Lay's made Thursday. I so appreciated his word, his word about idolatry and where it leads us, whether financially or socially or militarily or politically, how it ends up in the opposite of shalom, harmony, it ends up in death, idolatry. The third of the 12 steps for Alcoholics Anonymous is this, 
make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. Make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. The day of Epiphany this past Wednesday was indeed a day of disclosure, of unveiling, of bringing truth to light. It was also a day that some said is a day of infamy, of injury. And now many of us still dealing with shock, anger, bewilderment, mourning, calls for retribution, now more than ever, it is so important to look at the life of Jesus, to be striving for the spirit that can help us be a movement for reconciliation. That is what the world needs. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning, says the psalmist. So believe the good news. The reign of God is here, hidden, always hidden, and yet concrete. Salvation history in your daily life because you are beloved and God delights in you. The work of Epiphany continues. The presence of God in our midst bringing light into darkness as real as a baby crying, as a nurse or a teacher showing up for work, as a bird flying over a pond. The work of Epiphany continues. Amen.